Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Hey, let me welcome everybody again. Thanks for jumping online with us, Tree of Life Church at home. Uh, We know that in your house where you are is where the presence of God comes and he comes to be and meet with you. So I'm already believing... You've opened your hearts up to them. You've already experienced some time of worship and praise and, and having those moments of just settling in and just letting the rest of the week that you've had, maybe it's been a good week, bad week, and just kind of melt away and then just focus on the now. God is a God of the now. So he has something for you special already through praise and worship. And I believe he's got a word for you today too. Uh, again, thanks for letting us into your home. Uh, you know, we're so blessed to be on homes all over the world and it's not too late to share it. If you haven't shared this experience yet, get on your phone or whatever that looks like on your iPad and forward it to a friend, forward it to a bunch of people because you never know, God just might meet them right where they're at. Just one word, one moment with God can change a life forever. And so if you haven't already, then go ahead and share that. And again, we're blessed to be here this morning with you. And so we're excited about what God's doing in and through his church around the world, Universal and here at Tree of Life. You already saw on Tree TV some great opportunities to be blessed and be a blessing. Uh, We know that in these times, especially, there's a lot that we can be doing as a church as a people of God, uh, carrying his life, love, and power everywhere we go. And I think now is a great time for us to step it up a little bit and find a way to reach out beyond maybe the norm and just go a little further, go a little deeper in God, and then go a little further in helping and being a blessing to somebody else. You know, the Bible says that the generous will prosper and he who refreshes others will be refreshed. It's a win-win. You're helping somebody else and then God takes good care of you. So you can jump online at any time and check out what's happening at Tree of Life and how you can find out how you can be blessed and be a blessing. And remember, all throughout the week, opportunities for you to get a word of encouragement. Uh, We need them daily. I love it. We have three times a day, Monday through Friday. It's like eating three meals a day, but it's three meals for your spirit, man. So we're feeding ourselves physically three times a day, maybe four times. Hey, let's just be honest. While we're locked up at home, we're probably eating seven, eight times a day, snacks all in between. But listen, you can feed yourself every day too with the word uh, many times, but we have opportunities for you. And then as always, we're, we're glad for the opportunity to come in your home with a church at home experience online. Uh, you, you saw all the announcements. You can go at any time, get our app, our website. All I want to say is this week that next week is Mission Sunday. And so at Tree of Life, we designate the first Sunday of the month as a time that we just take a little extra time and look and see uh, what we can be doing around the world or the things that God's put in our heart, missions, projects, missions, initiatives here locally, how we can be the hands and feet of Jesus and just kind of pour in, invest extra resources in uh, during those times to just reach people around the world. Uh, you'll get updates on that next week as well. But I would ask that this week, you get with your family, you guys spend some time in prayer and see what God would have you do above your tithe. You don't redesignate your tithe. You know, God's good enough. And if you're, uh, you're continuing to step into his uh, financial plan through tithes and offerings, God's gonna bless you as the word says. So above your tithe, you can sow into missions, again, around the world or here locally. And I think it's just great as a family to spend some time just talking about it, praying about it, and just do what God's asking you to do. And so there's a great opportunity for you, Mission Sunday next week. You know, hey, today, it's part two of a series we kicked off last week, and I really felt compelled in my heart to call it I'll Meet You There. Let's go ahead and take a look at Matthew 26 and see where this kind of comes from. And really, as I was getting ready for Easter Sunday, which is now a few Sundays ago, um, I read two scriptures that talked about the same thing, one before the crucifixion, resurrection, and one immediately after the resurrection 
And, uh, and in doing that, it just really spoke to my heart about just the importance of, of God wants to meet with you. He wants that time with you. And last week we looked at a passage of scripture talking about Jacob having an encounter with God. Uh, he, he made sure he was alone and then out of maybe desperation, he grabbed the hold of God, wrestled with him, the Bible says, but, but contending with God, like I'm not letting go, I'm not giving up, I'm holding on and, and I'm here. And then some amazing things that God did in his life. And we took some lessons from that. Uh, this week, we're going to take a, a, another look. And I've actually entitled my message, um, I'll Meet You There is the series title. And today, I'm talking about I'll Meet You at the River or Be at the River. And uh, I want to get there in just a second. But let me read Matthew uh, 26, 32, New Living Translation. And then I'll read Matthew 28, 7, New Living Translation. Let's take a look at what uh, Jesus says before he went to the crucifixion. And then an angel says uh, to the women who came to the tomb immediately after the resurrection. So here's what he says, Matthew 26, 32, New Living Translation. He says, but after I, I have been raised from the dead, I'll go ahead of you to Galilee and I'll meet you there. And I love this. You know, we talk about, we look back about God being in our yesterdays. We talk about God being in our todays, but do you know that he is in your tomorrows? In fact, the Bible says here that he wants to go ahead of you or he'll go ahead of you. He knows He knows where he wants you to be. He knows the plan he has for you. And so he set a way up for you and I to follow him or pursue him and to find him in those moments of our life that we really need to connect with him. And then as we look in Matthew uh, 28, verse seven, we see almost the same wording, but it's an angel that has come down and rolled the stone away. And the women came to the tomb that morning and listen to what he says to those who came that morning to see Jesus and found the tomb empty. And now go quickly and tell his disciples, he's telling the three women this, go tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And and that would be enough right there. Tell him he's risen from the dead. That's amazing. Celebrate it. It's incredible. But then he goes and says, and he's going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I've said. And I love that because it's like immediately after the resurrection, the first thing, one of the first things that the angel conveys on behalf of Jesus to his followers is I'm gonna, I wanna meet with you immediately. I wanna be back together with you. I don't want there to be any separation. I want us to have that time together. And I think also uh, the disciples at that point in time were just at a place of discouragement. They, they, they didn't expect to happen what happened and, and maybe they were down and a lot of grieving and mourning and uh, the worst moment of their lives. And immediately uh, the angel appears to, to the three women and tells them he's gonna meet with you there. And so that's really kind of where this came from. I, I don't know where you're at in your life, but I wanna tell you wherever you are, he's there. He wants to meet you there. He's got a plan for your life. He hasn't given up on you. It hasn't changed because of what we've done, where we've been in life. In fact, he sees through all our mistakes, all our shortcomings, and and sees the potential in us, so much so that he still has a plan for us, that he still wants to connect and meet. And that's kind of where this whole series has come out of. And we'll go, I don't know, maybe four or five weeks, however really feel the Lord uh, speaking that we should go and talk about different aspects of meeting with him. And as I said earlier, in this, today's message, we're gonna talk about, he wants to meet you there at the river. And that's kind of funny because, you know, uh, living here in New Braunfels, for those who may not know, depending on where you're joining us, uh, New Braunfels is a river town. There's two rivers that run right through this town. And I've spent a lot of time over the years growing up, spending time on the river. And in this in this particular message, there's some aspects about the river I think that we can pull some spiritual truth from. And so I want to take a look this morning in the scriptures and look at the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God, that he wants to meet us in that place where we engage and embrace his spirit and what that means for our life and how we live that out. Before I get into the opening story, 
I didn't put this in your notes, but in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, the Bible says this, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, may he sanctify you. May he do a work in you through and through. And here's the thing I want you to understand today, that God is a God that wants to completely bless every aspect of who you are and your life. And who are we is the question. And really, how we were created, how God created man, he created a spirit, soul, and body. There's three parts to who we are. And so it's important to note that because God wants to bless every area of who we are, every part of us. He wants to bless our spirit man. He wants to bless our body. He wants to bless our soul or our emotions. And really the reality for you and I is that if we can understand how we're made like that and we'll address all three aspects of who we are, then we will find ourselves walking in a greater sense of purpose and a greater sense of victory. And so one of the most important things we could do is to recognize that we're a spirit. We're a spirit being, we're a spirit man. I am a spirit, that's the real me. Um, I, I have a soul and I live in a body. In fact, probably the most important one part of us to address is our spirit man. And it's our spirit man that's made in the image of God. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But notice what he said, and just and I read it to you in 1 Thessalonians 5. He said, he wants to sanctify you, do a work in you through and through every aspect of you, your whole spirit, soul, and body. And I, wanna, I want you to know how important it is to make sure at any time in life, especially as you're going through difficult times, that we address the spirit part of us. I think if we'll build our spirit man and address our spirit man, it will overflow. It will, it will bring the other parts of us, the soul and the body, in order, in line, as God intended for it to be. And so um, I want to share a story with you to start, really to kind of illustrate the message today. I heard another uh, pastor share the story one time, and it, and it fascinated me. So I did some research on it, and kind of a history guy. I like going back and finding out new things or exploring history historical facts. And this story was about a, a town that was settled uh, by the French um, on the Mississippi River in 1763. They called the town, uh, at that point in time, it was called Little Gulf, G-U-L-F. It was the sister, obviously, to uh, Grand. I was going to say Big Gulf. Almost like, I want to say Big Gulp, but it was the Big Gulf or the Grand Gulf, which is a much bigger city uh, nearby on the Mississippi as well. And the Little Gulf city thrived. And when it was established by the French in 1763 on the Mississippi River, it became a very prosperous city, a very prosperous town. And part of that's because it really helped, it helped because it was on the Mississippi River. It was a great port city and it helped export agriculture or transport, especially cotton of the day. And really it was instrumental and bringing prosperity to that part of the South back in those days. Um, it flourished with its commerce. Uh, the city just continued to grow and grow, and it was very, very prosperous. In fact, at one point, it became a very important city in, in, in America, in the southern part of America. Um, in uh, 1814, it was renamed by a man named Thomas Calvert. He bought the city, and he renamed it Rodney, Mississippi, because he had a friend Judge Thomas Rodney, a mentor of his, and it was just, it meant a lot to him, he meant a lot to him, and so he bought the city, Little Gulf, and he renamed it Rodney, Mississippi. Now, Rodney, Mississippi, again, became, continued to become a very important city, a very prosperous city. In fact, it missed being named the capital of Mississippi by only three votes. Can you imagine that? Just three out of all the people that voted, I don't know how I didn't look and see how many, just three votes different, it would have been the capital of Mississippi instead of Jackson. By the mid-1800s, it was responsible for bringing, again, continual to bringing wealth and commerce to the South. Um, 
It had factories, uh, like in the 1700s, it had factories, it had restaurants and hotels and schools. It was this thriving, growing, prosperous city. And the thing that brought prosperity there was the fact that it was located at a strategic place on the river. It was at a place on the river. Now, over a number of years, little by little, the flow of the river Uh, the current of the river, the flow of the river, the direction of the river changed. And by the early 1900s, Rodney, Mississippi was over three miles off of the river now. And the life and the prosperity uh, of Rodney, Mississippi began to dwindle. And and, and the reason they were doing so well is because of proximity to the river. They were right on the river. The river was life to them. The river brought blessing to them, prosperity to them, and everything they could need. And it it brought happiness and joy through those things. Uh, They came, those things came through just life on the river. Um, But everything changed over time. The river's course changed a little bit. And no longer was there the access to the river that they had enjoyed for so long. And they didn't have access then to everything that the river provided for them. And eventually, it kind of the city, the town really kind of dwindled. It dried up. Uh, Rodney, Mississippi went from being one of uh, America's most prominent cities of the day to an absolute ghost town. And in fact, you can go visit it today. There's one dirt road in and and one dirt road out as opposed to this thriving city of the day. Uh, Buildings are in decay, uh, fallen down, broken down, just a literal ghost town. It's a shell of its former self. There's no life, no activity, um, a lot of neglect, uh, certainly no blessing, prosperity, or, or beauty. And when the river changed course, all the things that the river brought left. All the things, the blessing, the prosperity, the life, all that left, and now it was just a shell of its former self. It had dried up. And I, I think for you and I, what, what I feel I want to share today, what I feel God impressed on my heart was um, that's a powerful lesson for you and I, just to be quite honest today. Um, if the river changes course in our life and the river represents the spirit of the Holy Spirit and the river's moving and flowing and you and I need to understand that and we need to connect and we need to meet at the river. We need to spend time and live in the river and therefore we'll walk in the blessing and benefit in the life that it provides. But when it changes course or it goes another direction, if we don't go with it, then we can find ourselves as the city of Rodney, Mississippi did. We can find ourselves missing the life that it brought, missing all the benefit and blessings and prosperity that it brought, missing the joy and the happiness that came from being connected there. In fact, let's take a look at John 7 verses uh, 30, uh, 38 and 39. Actually, let me, let me just tell you what verse 37 says. It says, Jesus shouts, anyone who's thirsty, come to me. That's verse 37. Jesus shouts, anyone thirsty, come to me. Verse 38, we'll pick it up here. It says, and then he says, anyone who believes in me may come and drink for the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. So Jesus is shouting, hey, this is for anyone and everyone, anyone who has a need, anyone who thirsts, you can come to me and I will be your source. And then the source, the source, the the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit will flow in you and from you and through you. And when he said living water, now listen to this, when Jesus said living water, he was speaking of the spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him, but the spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. After the death, burial, and resurrection, and Jesus ascended to heaven, he left the promise of the Father for the Holy Spirit to come to live and dwell, an empowerment, if you will, uh, to come and be with you and I. And so what he's saying here is you can have the Spirit of God living inside of you, and he likens it into a river of living water. Now think about that for a second. Think about that in context to our story. 
The, the rivers where the life was, the rivers where the, the power was, where the blessing was. And so we can look at the natural story or the story of the, the city and we can apply it to our life spiritually that we need to be in the flow. We need to be in the river. We need to meet God there. We need to meet Jesus there and invite him in our heart and our life and embrace a relationship with the Holy Spirit or in this case, with the river. We need to spend time connecting there with the river. Just like Rodney, Mississippi, when the river went, went a different course, it dried up. It lost its beauty, its blessing, its life, and the people began to leave or abandon it. And that's the same and that's true for our lives. If we don't have the river that gives life, if we don't embrace the river that gives life, uh, we'll dry up. If we don't stay in it, if we don't go with the flow and with the current, we'll dry up. We'll miss the blessings that God has. Let me say it this way. If the Spirit's not leading us, if the Spirit's not directing us, if the Spirit's not operating in our life, then we're missing what the Spirit provides. We're missing the life that's provided through the Holy Spirit. We're missing the blessing that comes, the beauty of life with the Holy Spirit, uh, prosperity. We're missing those things if we don't stay connected to the Spirit, if we don't stay in the river. If the river shifts or changes course, then everything that it brings goes with it. And so uh, my message this morning is meet him at the river. And if you'll meet him there and stay connected, then he'll lead you and he'll guide you through the Holy Spirit. Uh, he'll, he'll make our life more beautiful, have more joy, more peace, the things that he provides. The river also provides a, let me say it this way, kind of a constraint. And we'll talk about that in a minute because understand rivers have a flow and have a current. And if you've ever been, and again, we live in a, in a river city, two rivers run through here. If you've ever been in a city, I mean, you've been a city, if you've ever been in a river, you can feel the current. You can get in there and know the river is flowing a particular direction and it moves and changes and, and the current moves with it. If you're in the current and you try and go against the current, you feel a pull. You feel a tug. If you try and go crossways or, or a direction the current's not flowing, you feel that. You, you try and go against it and you feel it uh, pulling on you. And you may feel it in another sense, you might feel it, the current guides you or directs you in its flow. And if you start going the wrong, the wrong direction, uh, you can feel it trying to get you back into that place where the current is flowing. And I think that's a huge, a huge thing for you and I to understand because you know when you've gotten outside of the plan and purpose of God and you followed a different path, let's say you've gotten out of the current of the Holy Spirit that's in you, you feel its pull. And that's a good thing. We shouldn't fight against that. We should yield to that. We go with the flow. Life is much easier. When we go against it, we go with the current. Life's easier. We go against the current. We go against the flow. It's the Holy Spirit trying to pull us back. He's pulling on, a, he's pulling on our spirit, man. He's pulling on who we are and saying, no, don't go that way. Stay in the flow, stay in the current. And we need to know that. Um, and here's what I wanna say about that because what we're talking about is the spirit, man. Your, your, your spirit, my spirit. That's recreated in the image of God. You know, you really are, the real you, let me say it that way, is the spirit of you, your spirit. The spirit man. In fact, as a, as a pastor, I, I, I do a lot of home goings. I do a lot of people graduating to heaven, a lot of funerals. And one thing I think is always so important to say is that the real person, the real you, the real me, the real person is the spirit. And the moment that we breathe our last breath here, our spirit goes to heaven if you're born again and saved. So the real you, the real Don is my spirit man. And I think it's important to understand in this context because that's where life comes from. When I spirit connects with God's spirit. And I think it's, I think you and I need to understand that, that when the, when God was beginning the creation story, and he said, hey, let's make man in our image. He created man. And how can we be made 
physically in the image of God. We're not. We can just look at each other. We're all different. We're completely different, but we're made spiritually. In fact, when he made man, the Bible says that he breathed life. He breathed his spirit into man. So God's spirit brought life to man and man's spirit. So the real you is the spirit you. And so if we're understanding this whole dynamic of the spirit, uh, who we are, staying connected with the Holy Spirit, inviting him into our life, and then embracing him, a life with him, we'll find ourselves hopefully staying in the current or in the flow of the spirit. And it will lead us and guide us and make our life more beautiful or more full of joy. And I think that's so important, especially today. I mean, even take aside from the challenges that we're facing with you know, COVID-19, et cetera, et cetera, all the fear, all the concern about the finances, the jobs, everything. Those are real concerns. And, and you know, we're in a real challenge right now, but, but I, but I, but I want to tell you, we, we don't have to let those things lead us and guide us. We can allow the spirit to lead us and guide us. We can stay in the flow of the direction that God's leading us. And God will lead us through these moments and these challenges in life. He'll lead us to places that we find life, we find beauty, we find provision, we find blessing. All those things are found in the river of the Holy Spirit. And the real me is a spirit man. I'm a spirit that lives in a body. I'm, I'm not a fleshly body that happens to have a spirit. In fact, take a look at Romans 8, 5 through 6. Here's what it says here in the book of Romans. It says, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance or in line with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit, capital S, from God, Holy Spirit, have their minds set on what the spirit desires. Now listen to this in verse 6. The mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. And I think that's important for you and I because we spend so much time focusing on the other aspects of who we are. And, and they need attention. I'm not saying that they don't, but we'll focus on, on, on our flesh, our body, what our flesh wants to do. We're trying to solve everything with our flesh. And so we're, we're spending time um, um, getting our flesh in the right place or, or, or working out of that or from that, or we're working on our emotions. We're working on, on our will, our wants, our desires, um, you know, our soul. We're allowing our soul to lead us. And those, both of those, your flesh and your soul leading, that's very dangerous. In fact, the scripture is very clear. If you let them lead, they will lead you to destruction. But if you let the spirit in you, you saw that in the same scripture I saw. If you let the spirit in you be led by the spirit of God, that brings life. And I just want to encourage you today that he wants to meet you right there at the, at the river. He, he wants to meet right there at your spirit. He wants to help build your spirit, man. We need to focus on being led by the spirit, pursue the things of the spirit. And here's what I found out to be true. When I pursue the things of the spirit, it leads me to life and it helps, the, it helps my flesh and my soul get in line. If I build my spirit, man, it's almost like king of the mountain. There's three parts of me. The, the strongest one wins. The strongest one leads. If you're gonna feed your flesh, it's gonna dominate the other two. If you're gonna feed your emotions and your soul based on fear and worry and anxiety and, and hurts and brokenness, then it's going to dominate the other two. But if you're going to feed your spirit, man, and you feed him by being in online services, you feed him by three times a day, feed your spirit, man, three times a day, getting in at 8 a.m., 1230 in the afternoon and 8 p.m. That's feeding your spirit, man. If you'll build your spirit, man, it will dominate the other two and you can be led by the spirit and the spirit will lead you to life. And that's what's important for you and I to understand. We don't pursue the things of the flesh, but we pursue the things of the spirit because that's where life is. That's where blessing is. So we see so many characters in the Bible 
that live this way. I want to look at one of my favorite characters, Moses. Moses uh, was led this way. In fact, I, I love a, a passage of scripture or a scripture in Exodus 33, 15. Moses talks about he so wanted to be in the presence of God. He didn't want to be without his spirit. I don't want to do anything without you, God. Look what he says in Exodus 33, 15. This is Moses speaking. Then we see that. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, don't send us up from here. I don't want to go anywhere without you. I don't want to do anything without you. And I love that from Moses. And I think that should be all our, our declaration, all of our desire. I don't want to get up here in front of you without God being up here with me. I don't want to do any of this in my flesh. I don't want to do it out of my emotion. I want to do it by the spirit of God because that's where life is. And so we don't want to go to work without God being with us. We don't want to connect relationally with people without God there because that's where life is. You know where life is found in your relationships when the spirit dominates, when life is found in your marriage is when the spirit dominates, when life is found in the other things and activities that you do and interacting with your kids and other people, it's when your spirit dominates. So we need to build our spirit, man. That's where life is. That's where the blessing of God is. In other words, I don't want to go where the flesh leads. I want to go where the spirit leads. Can, you, can you, We all know can we just say for a moment, we've been there, done that. We've gone to the places that the flesh has led us and we felt the guilt and the shame of it. We thought, I'll never do that again. And there we go. We let the flesh lead. And we got to learn how to stay connected in the flow. Stay connected to the spirit. I want to follow your spirit, Lord, not my spirit. I want to follow your, you, not my attitudes, not my ideas, not my opinions, not my circumstances, not my fears, not my worries. I want to follow your spirit. So we have to stay in the river. So when you want to change direction, you feel, you, when you want to follow the flesh, you feel the current pulling on you, really trying to keep you in the flow. And you have to fight through that, but stay in the flow where there's life. And that's why when we start to change direction again, we, we feel that tug. It's, right, it's really inside it. That's a, it's a spirit inside of us trying to direct. He's not going to force us, but we can feel him. We, maybe, he's not going to force us, but you can, you can feel him. It's the spirit of God trying to direct you. Let's take a look at Romans 8, 9 through 16. And, and, and if I could just encourage you this week, spend some time in Romans 8 this week. I'm gonna be a real blessing to you in understanding your spirit man, feeding it a little bit. But let me read 9 through 16 for you and take a listen what it's talking about, about your spirit and your flesh. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. So if you have Jesus, you have the spirit of God in you. So don't question that or doubt that. The, the scripture is very clear. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, your flesh wants to do what it wants to do, the spirit gives life. Even though your body, your flesh wants to pursue death, your spirit, man, can bring life to you. The spirit gives life because of righteousness, because of the work of Jesus. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of the spirit who lives in you. Now think of the power of the spirit who lives in you. It's the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. The same uh, expression or release of power. The, let me say it this way. The greatest release of power, expression of power in the history of mankind or known to man lives in you by the spirit of God. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh because we have the ability to live beyond the flesh. 
And we have an obligation, not to the flesh, to live according to it or to the spirit. For if you live according to the flesh, you'll die. It leads to destruction. You'll dry up. You'll wither. You'll become a shell of yourself, a ghost town, if you will. But if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live by feeding your spirit, man. For those who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. Another translation says they're, they're proven to be the sons of God. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves. In fact, whom the, that where the spirit is, there's freedom so that you live in fear that rather that the spirit you receive brought you about your adoption into sonship, that the spirit, when you received Jesus, brought you into the family of God. It freed you from worry and fear and all the bondages of this world. And by him, we cry out, Abba, Father, the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. What a great passage. And I, I want to encourage you to read Romans 8. It's talking about the spirit man in you. And the spirit man in you, greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. And we need to meet him there at the spirit, the Holy Spirit in our heart and our lives. Galatians 3.3 3, uh, is really a great scripture because I think it identifies so many of us that have already received Christ. Let's take a look. Galatians 3.3 3 says this. Are you so foolish that after beginning by means of the spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Listen to what they're saying. What are you doing? <laughs> are you foolish? Have you lost your mind? You started the beginning, right? After the beginning by means of the spirit, you started following by the spirit or being spirit-led or pursuing the things of the spirit. And now you're trying to finish with the means of the flesh. It's foolish to get away from that. If you started in the spirit, stay in the spirit. Now I know it's challenging. There's challenges all the time in us and fears and worries and concerns. But listen, you have in you through the spirit of God, the ability and the power to redirect, to get back into the flow. And so we need to make sure that we haven't drifted away. We haven't started one way or we're finishing a different. Don't change direction. Don't uh, switch over to the flesh. Don't get out of the current. Don't let what's happening right now even. Don't let the fear that's happening right now, don't let the challenge, don't let, let the worry, don't let loss of income or loss of job, don't let change or uncertainty that's happening or, or panic or fear, don't let any of that cause you to change direction. Stay in the spirit. Meet him at the river. Stay there. You started in the spirit. You heard his voice. You listened to his voice. And then you said, yes, stay in that place. You started in the spirit. Do not end in the flesh. Let me say it this way. For a lot of you, I, I know there's challenges right now that you're facing. A lot of you, I know that we have several uh, business owners, businessmen, employers, leaders, businesswomen, uh, people that have stepped up into a place uh, of uh, leading others. Listen, you started that business in the spirit. You remember when you started, you stepped out and God told you to do this and you stepped out in that place and all you had was God. <laughs> you had God and a dollar in your pocket. And you had a God idea and you stepped out. And now here you are later. Maybe you're going through a challenge now because of a real challenge, a real difficulty now because of the situation we find ourselves in. Don't switch over to the flesh. Stay in the spirit. I remember when this church started. I was 13 years old, 38 and a half years later. Can I tell you, the family, the Duncan family, the family of five coming to New Braunfels, Texas and starting the church. Can I tell you, this church was started in the spirit. The spirit of God's all we had. We didn't have any money. There wasn't a whole lot of people, no equipment. We started in a home. We ended up there and shortly thereafter in a Holiday Inn banquet room. We had, we don't, look, look around. We had all the stuff that you see today. Awesome praise and worship bands and amazing equipment and cameras to be online with you and, and an amazing building and facility. And everything, media and, and all this. We didn't have any of that. 
We had, my mom played the $99 Casio keyboard as she led worship with some really bad speakers. And I don't even know, a, it was a, a, a rectangle box that you carried with a handle that you plugged some stuff in the back of it. And we just would unload it out of the trunk. I mean, back in those days. But you know what we had? We had the spirit of God. But you know, with all that we have today, again, as we look around and talk about all the, the blessings that we have at the church, that we can, we can broadcast a, a church at home around the world globally. You know what we can do now? We can easily get into the flesh. And so whether you're struggling with something, don't get in the flesh or where things are going good and you're not depending upon God, stay in the flow, stay in the river, be dependent upon God. See, even though we have all these things and access to all these things, it doesn't mean the spirit of God's operating and moving because we can easily come here and do this in our flesh, but that doesn't mean that God's there moving in your heart and your life. It doesn't mean there's an anointing or a presence of God. We find that in the river. We find the presence of God in the river. You find it there in your living room. You find it right there. You can have the presence of God right now in your living room, and I believe that we do. So we stay in the river. We stay where, where the presence and power of God is, and we, we allow him to guide us. And I would say, don't let the river leave you. And, and the rest of the story is, well, I shared the story, but going back to one more point, at some point in time, the, the river changed direction, which is interesting. I mean, how does a river do that? How does river, I thought it just followed its banks all the way and whatever it did, but, but over time here, a very prosperous city, Rodney, Mississippi, one of the most prosperous cities in, in the, the southern part of America, on the, on the river there, all of a sudden found itself without its source of life anymore. It changed direction. It changed. The river changes course. And the river, uh, when it changes direction or goes another way, we need to understand why it does that so we can avoid that and we can go with it and flow with it. So what could make a river change its direction? How could that happen? Well, when you read about the city, the studies will tell you that it's because over time, slowly over time, that debris built up and the debris that built up caught silt and sand and it became an obstacle. It became almost like a dam that would, that would constrict or, or block the flow of water. And water's gonna flow where it can flow. And so what happened because of debris and then the buildup of silt and sand, it redirected the flow. It redirected the water. Now, it didn't happen overnight. It certainly didn't happen overnight. It happened over time. But what would happen then is because there was an obstacle or something blocking it, the river just began to flow in another direction. And I want to say, I really think that we need to be um, honest today. And I would say, is there debris in your life blocking the flow? Are there obstructions that we've allowed over time, subtly over time? I mean, this happened over a long period of time. And all of a sudden, Rodney, Mississippi, one of the most prosperous cities uh, on, the, on the river there, uh, ended up being a ghost town, but it didn't happen overnight. And all of a sudden, they found themselves, the, the, the study shows, three miles away from the river now. And I just think, what would happen if it's like a mile away and then two miles away and then three miles away? And I think, well, we're a lot like that. If we don't deal with the obstructions in our life and allow the Spirit of God to flow through our life, we, we create and we allow debris to come in. We allow sin to come in or, or habits or addictions to come in, uh, unforgiveness and bitterness in our life and strife, the words of our mouth, how we treat people. We allow those things to come in and, and that's debris that we allow in our life and, and then that sand and that silt builds up. And if we don't deal with it, what will find is that, that the Spirit of God's flowing in another direction then, because the Spirit of God is not going to force itself on you. And I think it's important for us to know that maybe now's the time that we need to really honestly look at our life. And where if you're feeling dry, if life seems to be withering, your marriage is withering, your relationship with your kids or, or things are happening in your life, maybe that you've allowed some debris in the way that's blocking the flow of the Spirit to you. 
Maybe you've allowed some other things to, to dominate and, and now you need to put God back in that first place. Now you need to connect and meet with him at the river again. You need to get, and get that debris cleared out. Listen, you can't force the flow. You can only free the debris. You can't force the flow. You can't plead and beg for him to come in your moment of time. All you can do is free the debris, clear it out of the way. So because, we, we, because sometimes we won't deal with the debris, we forfeit the flow. And before you know it, the river's one mile away. The life in your marriage is two miles away. The life with your children are three miles away, four miles away. If you don't learn how to deal with the debris, and stay in the river, stay connected. And again, I think that describes so many of us. We've started out connected in the spirit and over time, over time, we've allowed debris to come in that we've not dealt with. And maybe today is your day to find a way to free the debris out of your life. So the river starts changing course and we start slowly kind of withering, if you will, our spirit does. Nothing can take the place of the river. And the things that we do and pursue in life, the things that we have put uh, in place of the, of the spirit of God, we, we've, we tried to go our own way. We tried to figure it out. We tried to make decisions that we thought were right or we went to uh, get other counsel or, or something other than looking in the word of God, other than finding an answer from God in prayer. Those things that we tried to put in our life and we tried to put uh, uh, things in God's place, if you will, or people there. And all we've done is pile up debris and keep the flow of the Holy Spirit, the river flowing in our life. And the debris that you can see, you can see debris piling up on your life if you take an honest look. And so we need to know that that's obstructing the flow of the river. Again, because the Spirit doesn't force itself anywhere, it flows where it's invited. It, he, and let me say it this way, he flows where room has been made. When you invite him into your situation, is there a flow of the Spirit in your life? Or have you allowed the debris to build up and it's blocking the flow of the Spirit? We need to remove the debris in our life, the things we've placed before God. We need to, we need to allow the Spirit of God to, to flow. And here, here's, here's why this is important. If we remove the debris, the debris could be placing other things before God, putting our faith and trust in man's economy as opposed to God's principles. We, we've allowed things in our life like how we treat people, the words of our mouth, speaking negative instead of the word of God, declaring things in our situation instead of just allowing them, not seeing yourself the way God sees you, listening to what other people say about your life instead of what God says about you and what the word says about you. When we'll learn to remove that debris in our life, then when the river starts flowing, the Holy Spirit starts flowing in our life, you know what he'll do? He'll wash away the other things. See, the water, the flow of the water will wash away that sand and that silt. Well, it piles up because of the debris. It catches on the debris. But if we'll remove the debris, the spirit of God that flows, he'll wash away that guilt. He'll wash away those things in your life that you've allowed the fear, the worry to come in. And you can allow that to wash, wash away the bitterness, wash away the unforgiveness, and you can get in the flow. Let the river flow and wash clean let it wash away your habits. Let the river wash away, the Holy Spirit wash away your addictions, the things that try and direct our lives. Let the river wash our minds. We wash our mind, our thoughts. Uh, let the river wash, uh, I, say, I wrote this, let the river wash our mouth out of how we're talking, how we're talking to people, how we're talking to our spouse, how we're talking to our kids, how we're talking about our situation. And let the river wash out our heart of the bitterness and unforgiveness and the hurt and the pain that we've allowed to be there. But you gotta remove some debris so the river can flow. Let the river flow. You need it. Your marriage needs it. Your family needs it. Your finances need it. 
Your business needs it. Let the river flow. Let the river flow in your in an online church experience at home. I don't get it online at home against it on the couch. Just this week. You know what that is? That's removing debris. When you get up on Sunday morning and you get the family ready and say, hey, nine or 11, it may seem awkward. I know it doesn't matter. Get your PJs on. <laughs> hey, listen, you know what you're doing? You're removing debris and obstacles so the river can flow. Listen, the river can flow right into your living room. The river can flow into your family all together at one time. The river can flow in your marriage in that moment. When you find those times that you're, you're worshiping God instead of sitting on the couch or, or just feeling awkward. Listen, everybody in your family knows you can't sing already, so don't be embarrassed. Sing it out. You know what happens when you open your mouth up in your house? You stand up, get up off your couch or your chair, as awkward as it may seem. You know what you're doing? You're removing debris out of your life so the Holy Spirit can flow, that river can flow and wash you clean. When it comes to that time of giving, and I don't know online, and I'm afraid, or I don't know, you know what it does? It removes what it does. It washes clean. It washes all those things clean, those worries, those concerns. The time that you open the word and the response time at the end, you know, the time of prayer that we'll have in just a moment. If you'll engage and join us in that prayer, you know what happens is the river, you've removed the obstacles, the debris, and the river comes in and washes you clean. Let the river flow right now. Let the river flow right now in your home. Let the river flow right now in your family. Let's take a look at what David, what David said in Psalms 50. We're going to close with these scriptures. Psalms 51. Psalms 51, verse 1 through 2. Here's what it says. Have mercy, have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. I've, I've, I've piled up so much debris in my life but according to your compassion, Father God, I, I don't deserve it. I'm not worthy of it because of your goodness, Father. Have mercy on me. And look at what he says in verse two. Wash away all my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. So when we come to that place of confession or surrender, as David's saying, he's like, I've, I've created obstacles. I've allowed debris to get in the way and now silt and sand have piled up and it's blocked the flow, but Father God, remove all that from me. Forgive me, Father God, and wash me clean. Wash the guilt and the shame out of my life. Wash my heart clean, my mind clean. Look at what it says in a couple of scriptures later in verses 10 through 12. Create in me a pure heart. Wash away all the other stuff. Renew a steadfast spirit in me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. See, I love how David addressed that in his own life. He asked God, just cried out to him in your own words. He was very passionate there, understanding how his life, what, what was happening in his life, the, the debris that has piled up, and just asking God to remove the, the obstacles, remove the, 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 the things that are blocking the flow there, if you will. Maybe it's a forgive me, God. Maybe it's a place of repentance. Maybe there's specific things. But if nothing else, cry out for mercy. You heard David, wash me, Father. Cry out for mercy. And you know what he'll do? He'll do it. I'm gonna close with this scripture, John 3, five through seven. I think this is powerful. I want everyone to get this scripture today. Here's what he says. Jesus answered verily, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they're born of the water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh. That's our first birth onto the planet. We're born in the flesh as a baby. But the spirit gives birth to the spirit. I'll meet you there. I'll meet you at the river. I'll meet you at that place of being reborn, that second birth with the spirit coming inside of you. When you say yes to Jesus and the spirit comes to live inside of you, the river begins to flow in your life. It says, 
You should not be, verse seven says, you should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. Or let's say it this way, you shouldn't be surprised that I wanted you to be born of the spirit because I wanted my life, love, and power to flow in you and through you. I wanna encourage you this morning as you examine your life, and maybe as a family union, you have a discussion real quick about it. Have you allowed debris to pile up in your life just over time, subtly, over a long period of time? Or maybe you've thrown some big obstacles, some, some big debris in there just recently. You can take care of all that today. Just as, G, uh, just as David did crying out for mercy, oh God. And just as we saw right here in John, just coming to that place. For those of you perhaps that have never received Jesus as Savior and Lord, he said very clearly that you must be born again. There's that first birth that you're born of the water and, and your flesh, the natural birth. And then there's a rebirth or, or being born again. And we call it being saved. That's when you ask Jesus to come in and, and forgive you of your sin. And he comes and washes you clean. And he gives you his spirit. And so now out of you can flow the rivers of living water where you can stay in that flow. You can stay in his presence where there's life there and blessing there. And I think right now, just as a family, if you're meeting all together, gathering with your family, I think today would be a great day for the whole family to say yes to Jesus. I say it's a great day for your kids. And I think you should ask each other. I mean, you love each other. You're there for each other. And together you can work on the obstacles maybe or the debris that's in your life. And you can be on, have an honest moment and you can say, we're gonna do this all together. We're gonna get in the flow. Hey family, we're gonna get in the river and allow the life, love and power of God to flow through our lives, our families right now. Let them wash your family. Let them wash your marriage. Let them wash over your kids. Let them wash uh, over your living room and your house and create the flow of the Spirit of God be like a river running right through your house. How cool would that be? Well, he can in a spiritual sense. And I'm gonna pray here and I'm gonna ask you today, if you cannot remember a moment in time that you've invited Jesus to come in and be the Lord of your life or you've not had that second birth experience born again, then today's your day. Or maybe you think you did, you're not sure. One summer, you were at grandma's and grandma took you to VBS, but you think maybe not. You can be sure today. And it's very simple because he wants everybody, you saw, he wanted everyone to have a born again experience. He wants everyone to have the spirit of God, the river of life flowing through their lives. So he made it very simple. He says, believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. And so I'm gonna say just a very simple prayer. And I want everyone, I would ask that you repeat it. But if not, if you can just own it in your heart, I would say as a family, I'd say parents and kids, I'd say everybody, we're gonna do this together. However that looks for you in your home, do it together. And pray this prayer either out loud or just it within yourself and just own it. God sees your heart. And so you can repeat it after me or just make it yours, your prayer in your heart. But let me pray for you. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe Jesus is your son who came to the earth to die on a cross, to pay for my sin, and then go to a grave and rise again. Jesus, thank you for coming. Thank you for dying Thank you for paying for my sin and thank you for rising again so I can be free. So Jesus, we ask you now, come into our heart, come into our life. Forgive us of our sin. Be our Savior and Lord, now and forever. I receive you now in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And congratulations to all of you who prayed that prayer for the first time. Because what's happened now is you had that born again experience. And that means old things are past. Or let's say 
Old things are washed away. All things become new. The guilt and the shame that maybe you carried or or you felt like you need to carry in your life, the payment for your sin, he just took care of that. The river and the life and the spirit of God just came and washed that all out of your life. For those of you who have allowed obstacles and debris to get in the way, I believe when you prayed that prayer again, that you just removed those and allowed the spirit of God to flow again through you a rededication, if you will, just removing the debris and obstacles that would block the spirit of God from moving and operating in your life. Today's a great day. All heavens rejoices and we celebrate with you. If you prayed that prayer for the first time today or you prayed that prayer to just rededicate yourself, get back on track with the things of God, then we'd like to hear from you. Hey, that's just the first step. And we want to walk it out with you. We want to let you know what God has. for What does it mean to have the, the river of God flowing in my life? What does that look like? How do I stay in the current and not get out? How do I stay in the flow? How do I find the life there? How do I find the blessing there? Well, we have a lot of ways that we can provide for you to be able to do that. And it's real simple. You can email us. You can look on the chat. But you know what? We made it even simpler for you. If you prayed that prayer for the first time today, you can simply get out your phone or at some point in time, maybe you're on it right now, and you can text SAVED. S-A-V-E-D to the number that you're seeing on your screen right now. It can't get any easier. And when you do, you'll get a response from us. You'll get a text from us, just, or a response back, just all the things that you need to do to move forward in your new life with God. Or if you rededicated, or maybe you didn't. Maybe you didn't pray one of those. Maybe you didn't feel like you needed to, but you want more information. I just want to encourage you, get the same word. Text S-A-V-E-D to the number that you see on the screen. And we're going to send you some information that'll be a blessing to you. Hey, we're with you. We're for you. We love you. God's got a great plan for your life. Hey, let's meet him at the river and allow him to wash us clean from all the things and experience his life, love, and power. We can't wait to see you all this week through social media, all our online experiences, and of course, next Sunday, Church at Home online, 9 and 11. Make sure you're forwarding this to friends and family. People need to hear a word from God on how they can connect, how they can get in the river. We just want you to know that Tree of Life, that we're here for you. We love you, and we will see you soon. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.